This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Hey everyone, this is Zach Inevich, Assistant Business Manager of IBW Local 98 North, with your home run tip from your hometown team. For your next construction project in the suburbs, trust your electrical needs to the highly trained, masterfully skilled electricians of IBW Local 98 North. Knock your next electrical project out of the park. Call Local 98 North today at 610-489-3800 or visit us at IBW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. We begin the John Doherty Hour live here tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And we remember our military heroes killed in Afghanistan earlier uh, in the week. And we hold tight uh, to everybody as that continues uh, to play out. This is the John Doherty Hour live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT uh, along with J. Doc M. Joe Krause. We'll bring uh, our host in John Doherty uh, into the show. We're loaded with a great uh, lineup of guests. We'll say hello to John Doherty, my friend. How are you, sir? What's up, Krause? Nice way to enter into the show. I mean, every meeting that I have, I usually have our good friend Buddy Osborne from Rock Ministries, you know, say a few words just that know people understand how lucky we are to be working in a union environment and uh you know when you talk about especially our first responders and the people protecting us and when you hear something like what happened over there in afghanistan and i mean it's just you know we don't really appreciate you know how good we have it and it's because of people before us well done yep well done and well stated And, and that will uh, in, in, in a world where there aren't very many things, John, that will remain constant, that statement will always, always uh, be true. Uh, big show tonight, a lot of conversation. We're going to cover a lot of ground. Uh, I'll set the table for the listening audience as we get ready to go into the break, ending the first segment, and then we're going to go uh, rapid fire with multiple guests who are going to join us, including uh, the president of the Wisconsin AFL-CIO, Stephanie Bloomingdale, will be along, J-Doc, and that will be a very... Um, very defined, very good conversation tonight. That coming up a little bit later on. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is going to be a great conversation, and we're going to be talking about a great organizing effort they uh, they just took care of in, in, in Wisconsin that is really groundbreaking and can have la- you know lasting and, and, and um, really, really far-reaching uh, measures. Back to uh, John Doherty. Speaking of organizing, go Puff, uh, John, back in the news, Philadelphia Company, um, and... Uh, I want to bring you in and, and get you to, to, to talk about that. Uh, workers want representation. Uh, GoPuff continues to expand, um, continues to grow. Uh, your thoughts on it? Well, they're a $15 billion company now. That's what they're valued at, $15 billion with a B. Okay, they're not only across the United States, now they're in Europe. Okay, they partner with Uber. Okay, almost everybody that works from are independent contractors. You know, they, they, if you read it, it's 
There's no consistency in anything they do except they cash a lot of money. You know, most recently they talked about cutting a rate in this region from 12 bucks an hour to 850 when other people are offering $21 to work at McDonald's. You know, I just think that, you know, there's a, at a certain period of time, you know how the old saying goes, you know, fats get, you know, large and pigs get slaughtered. And uh, I think that, especially with the IBW's effort, which we're going to hear about in a little bit, you know, going after a different classification of people, you know, I'm going to give you a little breaking news that prior to this story, you know, based on the, the organizing efforts that were ongoing before the vote, you know, we were taking a serious look at GoPuffs, and we, you know, a lot of people don't want to take them on because they spent a lot of money. But we had a, a little bit of an understanding in their corporate office, and uh, one of their guys who's a, uh, I'm not mistaken, a part owner in some capacity, at least this way it was spread out, a guy by the name of Ed Huzuri, he was a pretty prominent lawyer, I mean, lobbyist in town. You know, Ed was navigating some conversation early on. We thought we had a building trades agreement, and then they went back on it on Spring Garden Street. And my understanding is, again, same type of arrangement, you know, independent, no, not much documentation, not many workers from the region, and uh, just cut every corner they could get. You know, it's almost um, ironic that they share a payment with the Democratic City Committee of Philadelphia on Spring Garden Street. Yep, yep. And, the old, uh, they're in the old Finnegan's Wake building, right? They're in the old Finnegan's Wake building. Now, you know, there was understanding when they purchased it. It was understanding when they were discussing it. It was understanding that even when they were prepping to renovate it, you know, that they would do it with, you know, people who got a fair wage, and they didn't. So I wanted to let you know that, you know, when we can let the people listen to this show tonight. And it, it's amazing. Krause, you start off every show by saying, hey, we have a big show tonight. We've had a big show every night, every Saturday for about maybe six months now. You know, it's been significant. The quality of people is high. The issues that they're worried about are big, and they all have something to do with a union. And uh, I think that when we're done with GoPuff, I think there might be some representation there, too. I think there's a serious uh, group of us getting together this week to discuss how we're going to approach that. We've had a lot of people approach us. You know, people are noticing the, the fact that People like the IBW, you know, we're even going after, you know, as we're going to hear later, you know, a coffee, uh, you know, venue. And uh, I'd be willing to say that, you know, in the next two to three weeks, you'll be hearing some good news about some organizing efforts. I've already talked to some of our, you know, more progressive, you know, people from Reclaim and places along that line. Some of our good old friends from the old Bernie Sanders team, you know, who are in this mix who just can't believe you know, and they're guys who support the gig system, quote unquote. Can't believe that two guys from Drexel worth fifteen billion dollars are cutting wages in this environment. Yeah, two guys that used to work for me at my nightclub, by the way, that used to do the hookah at the at, at the nightclub, and that's not uh, that's not a, uh, an exaggeration. Not, I wasn't good, I wasn't good friends with them, but I knew who they were, uh, uh, you know, because they 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 did the hookah and. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, what's weird about this, uh, John, it seems like when you look at these companies like Amazon, you know, and, and, and this other billion, $15 billion company, it's like a common denominator. It's just greed to the max, man. They forget where they came from. More on that story. Stay with us on the John Doherty Hour uh, and join us uh, every week. Uh, we'll keep you updated on an evolving story. We're going to take a quick for first commercial break here in the John 
uh, Doherty Hour. Uh, up on the other side of the hour, uh, Jamila Tucker Malero, founder of Autism Rec, will bring her into the conversation. We'll tell you why when we come back. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW 1776, and Sheet Metal Workers Local 19. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour as we come to you live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, still to come, uh, bottom of the hour, uh, president of the Wisconsin AFL-CIO, uh, Stephanie Bloomingdale, uh, J-Doc, uh, will be with us. As I referenced our next guest going into the break, uh, we're going to introduce the listening audience uh, to Jamila Tucker Malero, who's going to join us, founder of Autism Wreck. Um, I'll let you bring Jamela into the conversation. John will jump in and then we'll talk about, again, IBEW, Local 98, getting involved to help and support a nonprofit. Yeah, I mean, there's some fantastic nonprofits in the Philadelphia region, just unbelievable. And, and this is one that's near and dear to all of our hearts. Uh, it, the Autism Rec is, it provides resources and programs, recreational activities and support services to families of autistic children. And I'm ecstatic to bring into the program Jamila Tucker Bolero. Jamila, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm fantastic. Uh, certainly, uh, we, we know there's an event going on right now. And John Docker, do you, if you will, take it from there. Well, I don't really know Jamila, but I know a lot about autism, having, you know, been in one fashion or another, the head of the variety club for over two decades. And what we tried to do was take that charity early on and make it more of an inner city charity and make sure that all the people with challenges have all the tools to try to live a little bit easier. We actually put after-school programs for children with challenges in public schools. The first one we did was Bach, and uh, it was years ago. And then once we got that rolling, we started to look and say, okay, now we're making sure that, you know, all the children that never had a chance to really, you know, everybody was, okay, you are either slow or you were poor, but a lot of the kids had some medicinal issues. And then we started to realize that there were a ton of people you know, it was early on where, you know, involved with maybe the possibility of autism. And at the time, we had a really positive state representative who took the lead on that issue, a guy by the name of Dennis O'Brien. And he made it a household issue. And again, he helped us in a lot of different ways in this region. He eventually became a city councilman, and he kept up. But it sort of just became, you know, another form of the way people live. You know, okay, there were way more people that came, way more understanding of, of the issue. Uh, you and I, Joe, have a really good friend of ours, okay, who has two children who have been autistic for a long period of time now. Okay, um, he actually retired from Local 98 to help, you know, as the children, you know, get older. And, of course, prepare for life, you know, maybe for these two children when he's not around. So it is amazing and wonderful to have someone like Jamila. And if you take a look at what basically her mindset was, and, and she can elaborate more on that, but I always, okay, I always look for the little things that we can supply people for to help them. 
you know, and if you take a look, it says she provides community education programs, resources, recreational activities, and support services for families of autistic children. You know, and, and it's just something special. And, and again, these are the, especially in today's world, they don't get funded by anybody. You know, when they're cutting back almost everything, you know, every bottom line, and some of the corporations no longer, you know, you got only three or four large places. That's why the Philadelphia Building Trade and Local 98, to the best of our ability, try to entertain every one of these issues. And this has always been close to my heart. And if Jamila just hang with me for one more minute, it, it, this is crazy. We, we lost a member at a young age. So after the burial, a group of IBW members, you know, went out to get a bite to eat just to talk about this gentleman. And there were 12 people in the room. There were three that had autistic children, and there were three that had some sort of challenges from Down syndrome on. So we had half of the people in that room, and these, we have good benefits. Okay, we have good health care. We make good money. And they still were. The conversation turned into how difficult, you know, and how much, you know, love is involved, but so how many hurdles are there. And, you know, so that moment we changed what was going to be a social event into something for your organization. And when it's over tonight, no matter how much we make there, we will make sure that you get a $50,000 check, okay, in the next week or two. And I just want you to know that we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you, what you're doing. If you don't mind, please just explain to people a little bit how they can help you and anything that you can, you know, bring to light about any, you know, anything that's occurring, any futuristic type, you know, views of what, what's happening with autism. Sure. So just a little bit of background about autism and autism reckon. Um, how and why I started it. Um, I also have a son who's now 12 years old that has autism. And just like you said, um, my family was going through a lot of challenges with trying to find services and trying to find support for my son and then trying to find that um, activities that he can be involved in was also difficult. So that was another reason why I started Autism Rec. And I started doing my programs in 2017, but we just became a nonprofit organization in 2020. Um, again, because of some of the things that you said, parents was struggling during the pandemic. Parents wasn't able to get out and go shopping. So myself and my husband, we was able to get up and go shopping because we have that support system within our families. But a lot of the families that we support don't have that support. And then we also thought of, okay, so this is my son's life for the rest of his life. Is it going to always be a challenge for him not being able to get into programs? Is it going to be a challenge for him to participate in society and be a member of society and even get a job when he's able to get a job? Or are people going to frown upon him because he has this disability? So that was one of the reasons or many of the reasons why I started Autism Rec. And also because when my son was diagnosed in 2011, he was two years old. The doctors just said, your son has autism. They gave us a book um, full of resources, but we didn't know what to do next. So that's where Autism Rec comes in. When you get that diagnosis, we give you the resources. We walk with you step by step. 
to let you know what you do next. Um, we also support not just the child, but we support the whole family, siblings, uh, the parents, the grandparents, because we know autism doesn't just affect one and it doesn't just affect the child, but it affects the whole family. Um, Jamila we, Tucker Malero is with us here on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, Jamila, if I can get you to um, talk and help the listening audience a little bit understand about uh, how family members or how individual members of the family would determine or would see warning signs um, or would discover autism. I sometimes think that people don't quite get or understand or visualize uh, what to look for, uh, what to look for in, 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 um, in a child who's autistic. Um, so a, a few of the signs that you can look for is noise sensitivity. If the child is covering their ears, then they have some noise sensitivity. And if the child is not giving you eye contact, if the child is not responding to his or her name, um, if the child is nonverbal but should be verbal at the age or the stage that they are now in their life, then they should be giving you some type of communication. So if you're getting no communication, um, those are some of the signs that I will be concerned about and that I would um, want to see a doctor about. Jamila, talk about the resources that you provide and the programs that you provide for the the families who are going through this. So the resources we provide, we provide uh, parent support groups, we provide activities, sports activities for kids that is usually excluded. They we have programs where they're included. Um, we involve kids that have autism and that, that does not have autism so that the kids that does not have autism can be more understanding and get to know the child and get to know what autism is. Uh, we also offer a work-ready program where we have someone that sits down and help them with a resume, a thank you letter, a color sheet, and we also look for the jobs for them that may be suitable for them or that may be able to fit them um, with their autism. Um, since autism is a wide spectrum, you may have some that's high-functioning that can manage and work a job, and then you may have some that's low-functioning that may not be able to work a job at all. Uh, you, you, you say that John, John had mentioned that um, he was in a meeting years ago, and, and two out of the individuals or the five individuals that were there were affected by autism. How prevalent is it? So um, it's now the rate is one out of 54 kids is diagnosed with autism. One in 39 boys is diagnosed with autism. Autism affects boys more than it affects girls. Jamila Tucker Malero joining us here on the John Doherty Hour. Jamila, as we say, uh, thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, give us, is there a destination, a website that we can put out uh, for Autism Rec? Yes, the website is www.autismrec.org. Well done. Great job by you. Keep uh, fighting the fight. I heard Jeffrey Laurie say um, just last night yeah. uh, that uh, autism is very neglected, as John Doherty had mentioned uh, when Jamela came on. Jamela, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this Thanks. is the John. 
You're very welcome. This is the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to a break. On the other side, Stephanie Bloomingdale, president of the Wisconsin AFL-CIO. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour as we come to you live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, just to wrap the conversation, Jay Doc, uh, with uh, Jamila Tucker Malero at the very end of the show, um, we'll go down to the IBEW Local 98 event that was happening, uh, supported by IBEW Local 98 uh, for Autism Rec, and we'll get an update and a report uh, from that. I want to transition now uh, out of that conversation uh, into our feature guest of the show. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's been uh, watching the news over the last several months knows that organizing has been in the news. And everything yeah, we talked about it in the opening segment. Well, everything, uh, you know, everybody saw what happened at Amazon and, and, and all the tactics that happened there. Well, this is a great story right now, and this is un- unprecedented actions. I'm happy to bring on to the program Stephanie Bloomingdale, who's the president of the Wisconsin AFL-CIO. Stephanie, how are you? I am terrific. How are you doing this, a- this evening? Well, we're doing great, and, and we're so excited to talk about this, this topic and, and, and uh, what just happened and what you were a major part of with, with a company called Collectivo Coffee, uh, it's a, it, which made national news this week. It's a, a regional uh, cafe chain that you guys have successfully organized. Talk about that effort. Well, uh, we are so proud of the uh, Collectivo workers uh, who have organized into their union, uh, uh, IBW 494 uh, and IBW 1220. Um, Business manager Dean War shot at 494 uh, and his organizers and the international organizers with uh, IBW helped those workers over at Collectivo Coffee um, over the course of really a couple of years to uh, stick together, to stand together, and to win their organizing drive. And uh, the company really pushed back throughout that time. They faced, these workers faced uh, really tough union-busting efforts uh, uh, all the time with, you know, all the stuff right out of the playbook, uh, John. You know, when it comes to uh, captive audience meetings, uh, stare-downs on one-on-one, scare tactics, the whole, the whole thing. But those workers stood together, and uh, just last week, um, the ruling came down that uh, that the that the workers had won uh, representation rights and won their union. John Doherty. Yes, yeah, Stephanie. Welcome. Congratulations. Uh, you know the Bloomingdale name is pretty prominent in Pennsylvania. We have a <laughs> Bloomingdale who I know you probably know very well. <laughs> You know, because it's, I, absolutely, I think he is—he is terrific. Yes, yes, and uh, but we were just talking before you got on. We have a, uh, a distributor, a GoPuff, which is tied into the Uber slash, you know, uh, Lyft type product. Independent contractors, and uh, you know, we're, we're taking a good look at them now. And this was a good jolt of the arm. You know, I, I'm the head of the Philadelphia Building Trades, you know, which is an umbrella organization of some of the best and brightest leaders that I've ever been around that are really progressive, but I also am the business manager of, of the IBW Local 98. 
And I was watching this closely, you know, and uh, our guys did a great job because this was a close election. You know, despite all the efforts, you're right. Every trick in the book, every major non-union law firm, and I would imagine two or three that didn't get paid were involved because they don't need, you know, restaurants and the baristas of the world, uh, you know, organizing. And the one thing that the pandemic has done, okay, has let people know, again, how lucky we are and how fragile we are. And the, the, the people, the first responders, were always recognized in our world. But the service personnel, the people who were taking care of us, you know, they became so much more prominent and, as you can tell, so much more in demand. And, again, this is you, you shouldn't go to work without getting a fair wage and a fair benefit. So I just wanted to let you know your friends in Pennsylvania, your friends in Philadelphia, are not only, you know, happy for you and the effort. We, we, we know the history out there. You know, you had Walker out there, and you guys fought him, you know, tooth and nail for years. So it's just really good to have, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the forefront of a different type of organizing effort, a successful organizing effort, an organizing effort that will become a template for a lot of places, including this big city in Philadelphia. And we have a lot of good unions around. We have a lot of people that, you know, could take a shot at them. But we're going to sit around the table and figure out how we can, you know, use some of what you've done to a benefit in this region. And we're really business-friendly, hospitality-friendly. We, when the pandemic hit, we put 80,000 people on the sidelines that were working in the hospitality industry that basically got shut down. So we know what it's like. And it's, a, it's, a, it's the 80,000 that keep Philadelphia moving. It's our number one economy. And, again, there's nothing wrong with giving these people not only a fair wage but a fair benefit. Well, that's right. And uh, we are just uh, so, so very proud of the workers at Collectivo who came together. And like you said, this is the largest uh, cafe, coffee shop chain, uh, organized organized uh, company in the entire nation. So this was um, very important win. Um, and like you say, the, uh, the the IBW was right right there helping them with terrific unions out of 494 and 1220. And uh, really, we want to, we think that this is, we know that this is going to be a springboard for other people taking a look and saying, you know what. Those baristas, those workers at Collectivo Coffee, they were able to do it. They were able to come together to be able to sit down and negotiate for better wages, working conditions, safety standards. And so, you know, let's take a look at it ourselves. So we are really, um, you know, so inspired by this. And we're going to do anything that we can to help them to get a really good first contract. We've called on the company to bargain in good faith. And it, it is really good for the company to have uh, their workers unionized because there, is, uh, there are people that are, that are going specifically to the coffee shops to say, union, yes, um, union strong. Uh, we're, you know, we're so happy that, that the workers here are organized, and we're going to make sure that we, um, you know, we, we get our coffee here as much as we can. So it is really um, quite, quite a, a great win. Uh, for us here in Wisconsin, and we hope that this has uh, very good ramifications, uh, not only throughout Wisconsin, but, as you say, throughout the country. I, I have to tell you, we have a, a, a little Wawa, and it's a convenience store in this region, and uh, they do a tremendous amount of business. 
And I was the head of a local civic association for a period of time. So they were looking to expand. And when they came in, what do you think about one of their marketing pieces were? Back, I got it, it had to be 15 years ago. They sold $65,000 worth of coffee out of a Wawa on a main strip. $65,000 a week. And you, you guys it's, drink it's, a lot of coffee out there in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you, it's a union household. <laughs> it's a transient stop. Okay, it's right on, we have a big avenue. It's like right up against the river. It's called Dell Avenue. And uh, it's amazing. But that was what they said. Now, you know, I mean, there's there's always lines in there. and it, but, but think about that. Well, you, you, you ride by all these coffee chains. There's tons of them. They pop up, you know. And, and again, the fact that in today's environment, people can't get workers. Working with a union could also give you a workforce for the future. You know, our apprentice programs and our marketing programs, you know, we teach people how to talk to people. We teach them how to, you know, entertain, how to move up, how to get family members engaged. I mean, you know, if, if you're running a good business with a great relationship and you've got a good business manager like Dean out there, I mean, you know, you become a partner. You'll never have to worry about having a qualified person work in your coffee place again, you know. Well, you hit the you hit the nail on the head, and it, they're going to have a great benefit uh, by working together with uh, with the union, with uh, business manager Dean Warsh, and with the twelve twenty and four ninety four to get a really good first contract and to work as partners um, and to to make that that coffee that coffee shop chain um, very uh, successful, even more than it is now. So we're looking forward to, to helping them along the way on that. And, uh, you know, in terms of other organizing efforts here in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, um, just last year, uh, the Machinist Union uh, was able to organize with the workers at the Milwaukee Art Museum. And they were able to win that, that, that election, and they are in the middle of uh, bargaining their first contract there. Uh, so this is, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, talk about how uh, it could impact the the, the, uh, the cafe and restaurant industry across the country, uh, because this is a big deal. This is the largest cafe chain, I believe, in North America that's ever been organized. Um, talk about, you know, how far reaching it can get. Well, that's right, because, you know, the only way that working people can get ahead and, and have a good life for themselves and a secure retirement and real safety on the job is to, to have strong unions. And we know that this is the, the best way to build a strong middle class and strong families. So when you take a look at all of these people that are out there working without having a voice in the workplace, this is the way to turn that around. So we're, this, is, this, this will serve as an inspiration to many people that are working, especially those people that have been working through the pandemic I mean, they weren't working on Zoom. They weren't sitting at home uh, phoning it in or, uh, you know, on conference calls. They were going to work each and every day to make this country run. And that really exposed uh, to those workers themselves and also to the public how important these workers are. And we should value them. And with more than just slogans and posters and thank yous, but let's, let's really value them by having them ha- have the a freedom to join together with their coworkers in union and bargain for good wages and working conditions. Which kind of brings us to the PRO Act as well. Exactly. Um, I was just going to say that. At the national level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I mean, talk about that because 
What's awesome about this is it, it gives a lot of people hope after what just happened at Amazon. And from what John had, had, had mentioned, and I know you just mentioned it as well, the same intimidation uh, antics and all those uh, techniques were used to discourage these workers from trying to, to organize and, and unionize. What made the effort successful in the end? Well, I think it really was there. I mean, I've met uh, uh, quite a few of the leaders of the of the Collectivo Coffee Collective um, along the way, and they have just such um, passion for um, for for their work, for their for the idea of coming together in union, for the idea of 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 their, their right, their 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 American right to to be able to join a union free of intimidation, that they stuck together, and uh, with the help of uh, you know the the organizing experts, were able to uh, do the inoculation. So they knew that what was coming out of that those anti-union uh, you know the union buster playbook, and uh, they stuck together, and uh, they also have the support of our entire labor movement in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin AFL-CIO. Um, is behind them 100%, and we will be throughout, you know, their um, their their contract uh, negotiations. And uh, but yeah, I think it really was just their 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 spirit, their resolve, and also just that elevated it during the pandemic because, you know, especially in those early days when they didn't know, you know, how how they were going to keep safe, how they're going to keep their customers safe, but they were there each and every day to do that. Stephanie Bloomingdale, president of the Wisconsin AFL-CIO, joining us here on the John Doherty Hour. We're live, of course, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, Stephanie, a couple of minutes left before um, we thank you and say goodbye to you on this uh, Saturday night. Um, I know John wants to close, but just one one question. How do you win in a right-to-work state? Well, you, I mean, it's 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 a, a simple formula: uh, workers standing together, supporting each other, sticking together, and uh, you know, making sure you've got a good uh, plan, and uh, you know, bring it through the finish line. And if people, we have we are right to work here because of Scott Walker, uh, former Governor Scott Walker, uh, but there are many many unions that have. Very good membership, 90, 98%, 99%. People who value their union want to make sure that they are part of it. Don Doherty, last word, sir, before we go to the break. Yeah, that's why the PRO Act, you know, we need to level the playing field and make these things a little less expensive. You know, the rich people try to just outspend us and take us forever. And as Stephanie knows, you know, that's part of the game plan. The game plan is to say, okay, you have, you know, 200 people, you know, with a, uh, who basically are leaning on, you know, money from their friends and family or maybe, a, you know, a union that's trying to help them organize. So this PRO Act will definitely level the playing field. And I also want to tell that, you know, we were really good friends with Richie Trumpka, and I know that his replacement, Liz Shuler, will be someone who really appreciates this bottom-up mentality, and I think that, you know, as much as we miss our dear friend Richie, I think that Liz is going to be really good, and and I would imagine she's already a good friend of 
you know, the people in Wisconsin. I know she spent a lot of time out there. So if we get, you know, we continue, you know, with Liz to move, you know, forward with Richie's legacy and game plan and, and her, you know, sharp uh, history as well as the pro act, I think you're going to see a lot of wins. And I think it's all going to start here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with this coffee house. Great stuff, John Doherty. Well stated, president of the Wisconsin AFL-CIO, Stephanie Bloomingdale, uh, joining us here on the John Doherty Hour. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on uh, on a Saturday night. Congrats. Uh, keep pushing the narrative. Keep changing the message or, or stay consistent with the message and help change the narrative. Well done. Thank you so much. We'll get to our final break here on the John Doherty Hour. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour as we come to you live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Again, special thanks uh, to the president of the Wisconsin AFL-CIO, Stephanie Bloomingdale, John, uh, joining in with... um, Great information and sharing a little bit of um, uh, outstanding success uh, on her win. Uh, More to come uh, as we roll on. I'm going to turn the microphone uh, over to you um, because uh, our next guest, uh, President Pat Eiding, uh, is here um, with update information about the return of the Labor Day parade, so what better way to ha- what better way to bring that message in uh, to the live audience uh, than to have you and Pat do it together? Yeah, listen, no, Pat needs no introduction here, and I think it's good that you know we can get hear right from Pat's mouth what's going on. The Labor Day parade is on. We're going to have a good crowd. I mean, it's uh, it's a great time. If you if you heard you know the last two or three speakers. You know, the labor movement is relevant in all their worlds. And again, the, the union movement in Philadelphia is growing. You know, the numbers are growing. Uh, the population is growing. I don't think that, you know, that the hospitality industry, when it bounces back, is going to have a need for a lot of workers and all the union jobs. So, you know, Pat eating. what's up, buddy? Hey, John, how are you? Good to talk to you. Uh, listen, I listened to what you had to say, and I and I think you're absolutely right. We're we're on the move, and uh, you know, not to get into the other politics of it, but if we get the Pro Act passed, which I think we will, uh, especially in honor of, of Rich Trumpka, uh we're gonna we're gonna be able to move a lot of people in, in an area where they could be represented well and have decent wages and benefits. So, you know, you're right. You know, uh, the building trades did a great job through this pandemic. Other folks did, and. I think uh, because of that, we deserve to uh, stand up on our day, which is Labor Day. And and so uh, we missed the whole year. We did it virtually last year. But this time we're going to be together with uh, thousands of brothers and sisters from the labor movement. And some of their families will be joining us. Uh, We're going to march down from, you know, local 19s on Columbus Boulevard. And we'll wind up at Penn's Landing, as we usually do with a family festival. And uh, we're going to look a little different this year. Uh, You know, as I said at one of our meetings, Instead of fancy shirts, let's go for fancy mask and uh, uh, respect everybody and do, do the best we can. But to be able to to, uh, to show up for our day because uh, it's been a long time, and as I said, a lot of folks did a lot of work and a lot of workers, 
We're right in the front line, uh, you know, not only the healthcare workers, but people who serve in the grocery business and other businesses. And, and I know what you guys did at the building trades, getting, making sure that everything was safe on the job. So yeah, it's, it's a good time to be able to come together. And I know a lot of our unions have asked uh, early on, are we going to have a Labor Day parade? And uh, it took a lot of consternation and the redoing because a lot of things went away while we were done for that one year in the pandemic. But, uh, we're going to celebrate, and it's going to be a good day. And I think it's for all working people to be able to present themselves on on the one day of the year that uh, is designated for them. Yeah, I just think you've done a. You know, when you say we we we've all done a good job, you're part of it. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's great that we're having it. Some places took the easy way out and canceled it. I mean, and uh, again. We get a big crowd. I think we're going to have a lot of people you know, watching. People want to be outside. It's on Delaware Avenue. It's fresh air. Uh, you know, our, the people that are a part of the Philadelphia AFL-CIO as well, the Philadelphia Building Trades, you know, we had procedures and protocols, and we abided by them. Okay? We actually instigated them. And in most cases, you know, OSHA, which is responsible for the safety across the country, they piggybacked 100% verbatim off of what the Philadelphia Building Trades did as it pertains to going back to work, you know, during the pandemic. So, you know, I, you know, our, we'll, we'll be good citizens. We'll, we'll have a pass. We're also going to celebrate what, you know, minus the pandemic, you know, was a really good year for employment. And our guys are making really good wages. They've got really good benefits and they're participating just like today. They're down the shore two or three events. You know, the one that local 98 has, you know, there, there's nobody making a penny outside the establishment where it's at and the autism, you know, fun. And that, and that woman does a great job. And, you know, Pat, you, you remember how I used to beat everybody up for the variety club. I can tell you one of the greatest accomplishments I ever had is back at the variety club. When I realized that a lot of people, uh, we were, we had a, a camp set up and we would do in August. We would take two weeks out of the year where we would allow the family that has the challenge child to also have their healthy child join him or her at camp. And I didn't think it was a big deal. I knew it, it took a lot of guidance. It took a lot of money. It took a lot of insurance. It took an upgrade in staff and all that to make it happen. But I never realized what it was like until I was at a fundraiser one night and an older woman came to me and told me that her daughter had two children with challenges and that they never, ever went to a movie, went out to eat, or do anything like that, okay? And since we started these two weeks, they planned at least one of the two weeks, you know, because they didn't even send their children there for the full two weeks. They sent them for one week where they sent the healthy child along with the child with challenges. And to me, ever since that day, I just took so much pride in that. You've never really heard me tell that story because it's kind of personal with me. But when I heard Jim Miller talk, earlier about the things that she's doing, you know, and how it affects everybody. And uh, I mentioned earlier, we have a good friend, Paul Kelly, me and Joe, and he has two children and they're older. And we were talking about it the other day and he was a crazy kid growing up, a great athlete, a great worker, you know, but he's dedicated to his family. And I know how hard he's worked. And I also know how much time it takes for him to be with his children. There's people out there that just can't do that. So these little things mean a lot. When you have an organization that supplies vacation and you have, like today, we have a fun, a fun event. And at the end of the day, you know, this autism, or ARC is going to wind up with 50 grand out of it. 
And John, I have to tell you, you know, many times when I'm on with Joe and Joe, uh, talk about the one thing that folks don't realize, what labor does every day for somebody else. You know, they, they, they picture us with a rat. They picture us hollering and screaming somewhere. But what they don't see, you know, whether it's the All-Star Labor Classic, it's the Fox Chase thing that we do, it's so many things that labor does, you know, lift the lift vet, you know, with the elevator construction. So, so many things that people don't realize that go on every day just because we're part of the community and we care. I mean, the story you just told, that, that's a real story. and That's who we are. And, uh, you know, thank God we get a few minutes on the radio once in a while to tell the story about somebody. But we have great people, great people that stand up every time. You know, the rank and file who are really the union members, you make a call out, they're there. They're there for whatever we want them to do. You know, Christmas time, I know my local 14 with the gifts for kids, and and, uh, and they, they're excited about it. Every year they, it gets bigger because people, they almost want to outdo each other and make sure they take care of the kids. So that's a part of us that uh, I'm glad that we're able to get on the radio once in a while and uh, talk about somebody somebody's doing. And that story you just said is one. I mean, the all-star labor classic, picking that young child up and letting them put the last coin in the basket. I mean, people can't visualize that, but there's a lot of stuff that happens for working people every day. And so they deserve their day, and, uh, and I'm glad we're able to do it. Good stuff from Pat Eiding. The, the, the uh, 34th annual parade will take place uh, on Labor Day. Uh, our last couple of minutes, Pat, stay there. John, stay there. Uh, J-Doc, stay there. Phil, if you can, uh, let's bring Brian Edis into the conversation. Uh, he's live on location. He is at the event, John, uh, that you referenced. Uh, Brian, are you able to hear, hear us, and are you able to join us? Welcome into the John Doherty Hour. Pat Eiding is on the horn. Uh, J-Doc is here. Uh, uh, are you with us? I sure am. Thank you to John Doherty, Krause, and Joe Doc for doing the labor show uh, live here at the event. Such a great day and a great event for an incredible cause. Uh, the weather actually opened up just in time. Local 98 and its great agents had well over 600 people in attendance. You also had many business managers and friends in the Philadelphia Building Trade Shop to come out and support the event. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, really good stuff, Brian. You know, John and Pat just talked about the um, – incredible impact uh, that the union community makes for uh, the community. Um, how, can you put in your words what it means to you when you're at an event like that, knowing that your work is going to change lives? Oh, it means, it means the world. The Philadelphia building trades are always at the forefront at every good charitable cause, and it just feels good in the heart. Yeah, Pat Eiding, you, you had mentioned something that I think I've repeated a hundred times, Too and that is sense. labor uh, is, is, is always stepping outside uh, the things that affect us and helping other people. Talk about it. You know, you say it a hundred times, even those people without a collective bargaining agreement. Talk about that. 90 seconds, guys. Well, listen, Joe and Joe, we, you know, when we fight over City Hall and looking for different things, 90% of the time we're fighting for folks that don't have a collective bargaining agreement. But we know if we, if we can work, work for other working folks and bring them up to the level that the folks that have a collective bargaining agreement can bring, that we can make it a better world. And, and I think you're starting to see a little bit of that now when folks uh, are saying they can't get people and the different industries are looking for people. They're starting to pay decent wages and, and, and maybe work the hours in a, in a way that folks can adjust with if they have children and things. You're starting to see some of that now, and it's because of the fights that we do 
just because we think it's right for everybody to be able to have a decent living and a decent wage and be able to, you know, maybe take their kids to the movies once in a while, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's our goal. And uh, we know collective bargaining is great for our members, but our members also realize that we can help somebody else step up. And maybe, you know, if we get this PRO Act passed, uh, a lot of people will have the decency of having a, a decent wage and, and you know, family-sustaining money. John Doherty, last word, my friend. God bless the troops and hope they get home safe from the airport in Afghanistan. Amen. Amen. Thanks to Brian Edis for checking in, doing the good work at that event today. Thanks to, for Pat Eiding, uh, to Pat Eiding for joining us again. The 34th Annual Labor Day Parade will take place on our day in Pat's words. That's going to do it for the John Doherty Hour here tonight uh, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. On behalf of Brian Edis, on behalf of Pat Eiding, on behalf of Stephanie Bloomingdale, the president of the Wisconsin AFL-CIO, on behalf of Jamela Tucker-Malero, J-Doc, who joined us from Autism Rec, and on behalf of J-Doc, who returned for the second hour tonight, and of course our host, John Doherty. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. An Odyssey station.